I think as women, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and sometimes we're very judgmental on ourselves. So lately I've been practicing self-love and the way I named my daughter Mila Grace and I tell my husband grace just means so much to me because like treating ourselves with grace, talking to ourselves with love, and especially after having kids, sometimes you look at yourself and you're like, what happened? My body, this, that. And now when I look at myself, I'm like, I'm going to talk to myself like I want my daughter to talk to herself. Like I would want to talk to my daughter. And so I'm like, I'm strong. I'm beautiful. I got this. Do you want to wake up feeling like you're stepping into who you're meant to be? Into the best possible version of you? What if I told you that the key to your best life, health, and happiness are all around you? You just have to find what works for you. I'm Hope Pedraza, and I believe that there isn't just one way to live a healthy and meaningful life, and that all you need is a little inspiration to make changes that last from the inside out. Each week, I'll be sharing tangible tips and inspirational interviews to help you on your journey. These are the steps to take to improve your life and live with purpose. This is Hopeful and Wholesome. Thanks so much for joining today, y'all. I've got such a fun interview here. My friend Susie, Susanna Cabrera-McKinley, came on the show with me. We actually met through my studio in Balance, but she is the founder, the owner of a great company out of San Antonio called Fiesta Feet. And they make these super cute, fashionable shoes. But even more importantly, she is making a difference in the lives of women in Mexico. This is a mission-driven company that's giving back to a battered women's shelter in Mexico. And she is truly living with purpose. We talk all about her company, her transition from being just business owner to business owner and mom, what that's been like for her, and how she's working to leave a legacy for her family and for her kids. Such a great interview. She is such a light, and I know y'all enjoy learning all about her. I'm excited to bring her story to y'all. Y'all enjoy. Okay, y'all, let's get going. I'm really excited to bring on Susana Cabrera today from Fiesta Feet, and I'm really excited for this conversation because we're talking about her amazing company, Fiesta Feed, and her mission behind it, and everything she's doing just in life. So thanks so much for joining, Susie. Aw, thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. So share with everybody who's listening what exactly Fiesta Feed is. Okay, awesome. So Fiesta Feed is a huarache shoe line. Huaraches are the traditional Mexican shoe that has been hand-woven for hundreds of years, and we've tried to kind of grab that concept and innovate it into something that we can all wear today, dress up or dress down. I love that. And it's super cute. Y'all have got to. So just to start out, so everybody can write down your website, where can they go shop for these? It is really easy. It's just fiestafeet.com. Perfect. And Instagram and Facebook, that's also just fiestafeet. Yeah. And they're super cute, super cute. Where did you get the idea? Where did all of this start? So about four and a half years ago, my mom and I went to Mexico, and my grandma, who's now 91, wow. took a trip with us. And so every year we did this girls' trip, just the three of us. And that year we were walking around the cobblestone beaches in Puerto Vallarta, very near to Guadalajara, where my family originally is from. And my grandma was like, Hi, hija, your feet, why are you walking on those cheap shoes? <laughs> Look at you, you can't even walk right. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm being called out. <laughs> She's totally right. Like, I was not enjoying walking on that <laughs> street. I looked ridiculous. Yeah. It was great. Cheapy shoes because they were cute. Sure. And so I was like, well, what should I wear? And she's like, what actions? Like, you can go to an artisan and they will hand weave a pair for you. And I'm like, no way, let's do it. And so we went and I had a pair woven for her and for myself. How cool. And I bought them. 
And I was like, hey, these are, you know, they're just very simple, but like pure leather shoes. And I started walking in them. I'm like, okay, I guess, you know, I, I like a lot of color. And so I was like, they're a little boring. But by the end of the day, I was like, oh my God, these are the most comfortable shoes I have ever worn. They're yeah. actually really cute. <laughs> and I actually took a picture with Mexico, like the beach on the background, and I posted it on my Instagram and Facebook. And all my friends just, started liking and commenting, oh my God, bring me a back a pair of Wenatches. Yeah. I'm do money, please. I love those shoes. And I was thinking, wow, my friends in the U.S., my white friends, like know right. what a Wenatchee is. Yeah, yeah. I, I barely knew, you know, because yeah. I grew up here in the U.S. and I didn't really grow up wearing them even though I'm Mexican. Mm-hmm. And so I was really blown away that people could appreciate this from our culture. And oh. I, I love that. And so I'm like, hey, that's pretty nice. And then later that night, we went to dinner with my aunt and uncle, and they had just started a home for girls about 10 years before, and um, they were struggling to bring on more girls to the program, and these girls are government cases. Most of them have unfortunately been abused either sexually or physically or mentally, and a lot of times it's by family members, and so that's why they're government cases, so we got to step in remove them from the home, and they go to Casa Camami, which is the home that my aunt and uncle started. And so they were really upset talking about all these cases they were getting and not being able to take these girls on. Mm-hmm. And I was just sitting there like, oh, my God, you know, we got to raise money. How can we do it? And I had that light bulb moment. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, people want wadaches. My aunt and uncle are struggling, and these girls, and this is an amazing cause why not buy some wadaches, sell them, and send them some money? And then maybe we can all, you know, benefit from this. So I came back home, and I just kept thinking about the idea. But at the time, I had my custom clothing line that I was running called HKD. And I was like, I can't add this onto my plate. And my husband was like, yes, you can. I'll help you. And so he partnered up with me, and we decided to employ single moms. Our artisans are mainly single moms. Mm -hmm. And so they actually take the leather straps home, and they're able to weave the shoe from home while watching their kids. That's awesome. And this is in Mexico. This is in Mexico, yes. And so we were able to find those artisans, and I was like, let's spruce up the design. I don't want them to be, you know, too solid. Let's let's add some color. Mm -hmm. Let's be funky. And so we started just thinking of really crazy designs. We bought about 200 pair. We shipped them over. It cost us so much money to ship. We'd made so many mistakes the first run. It was, it was a disaster. And where did you get them shipped from? From Guadalajara. Okay. They shipped them to you. Gotcha. Antonio. And so, you know, we practiced fair trade, put our artisans. I thought this was a one-time transaction. I would send money and be done. I set up a little booth at the Junior League of San Antonio in November. And those 200 shoes sold out in less than a month. Wow, that's awesome. (laughs) And people were like, we want more. These are amazing. And so I was like, oh my gosh, maybe this is a business, not just a one-time. Yeah, this is a thing. Yeah. A one-time fundraiser. Mm -hmm. And so that's where Fiesta Feet was born. From there, we just kept going. And San Antonio embraced us because people are just so familiar with the Mexican culture. Yeah, totally. So did you really, did you really plan for it just to be like a one-time thing? Like you're just going to do it once and that's so crazy. I I did not see this as a long-term business. I had my other business and people were just loving it and it just felt right because I was connecting with my roots. 
sure. and getting back to the girls. So I shifted my attention and focus on guests to be yeah. now. Yeah, that is so. So then, did you just your other clothing line? You just stopped doing that, and now you're just yes to be. So initially, I continued the clothing line, and then I started doing events. So once a quarter, and then I had my two year old son. So I said, okay, twice a year, I will place orders for custom clothing. And then I got pregnant the second time, and unfortunately, my tailor passed、oh. along last year. And so I kind of took that as a sign,、yeah. me needing to hit the pause button with、yeah. that, and、yeah. just focus my energy on the kids and the guest to feet line. Yeah, 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 yeah. The signs are always crucial.、Absolutely. The signs show up when you need them. Yeah.、Yes. So then, how long does it take? So what is the process like for that? Like, so you're starting you, when you like just from start to finish. I don't know anything about like the apparel industry, how this all works. So like, what is kind of your start to finish? Like, where do you get the leather? And how long does it take? And what is that process like? So we source the leather also locally in Mexico, and then once we get the leather straps, are all natural leather, and we ship that to our artisans, and then our artisans will actually hand paint each piece. Hand paint, wow! Yeah, so they're actually hand painted. I'll, I'll grab a pair before so I can show you. Yeah,、But、they're all hand painted, so no pair is perfect. And that's kind of what makes them perfect is their、yeah. imperfections because they are handmade. Sure. And so once they hand paint, they have to dry depending on the weather. If it's like raining or muggy outside, it may take up to a week for that paint to truly dry before they can actually use the leather straps to weave them. Yeah. And they actually have a shoe mold, so you can imagine kind of like a plastic shoe mold with all the different sizes. And then what they do is around the shoe mold. They wrap each strap and they weave it. We actually have videos on our Instagram where you can see that process, and it's amazing because sometimes it can take up to a week to produce, you know, each pair. Yeah. And because of the weather, it、yeah. is all dependent on the weather on how quickly、really? it can dry. Yeah. And if, if the natural leather has any scuffs, we actually clean it with lemon, with lemon juice. So like they use the natural lemon and.、Yeah. Things have been done for years and years,、yeah. but a lot of people message us and say, "Well, what makes it different from other Wanacha companies?" And we tell them, "Well, first off, we source the leather and we make sure it's being treated fairly, and then we pay out our artisans fairly. So we do practice fair trade in all senses.、Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we try to employ mainly single women so that they don't have to go to a certain facility to make them." But the leather that we source, we really strive on the softest leather、mm -hmm. because they are meant to mold to your feet. So what we want is for people to be able to walk in them and not have to worry about them hurting or breaking skin. Right. right. So it should be comfortable from the start. Yeah. So that's really what sets us apart is that soft leather. Yeah. 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 So then, if all of them are making them at home, do、yes. you have like do you have a factory or like or is it strictly just they do it from home? They do it from home. We do have a facility where we have a laser cut machine、mm. so they actually can place the leather straps, like a big square of leather,、mm -hmm. and we have different laser patterns that cuts into that.、Okay. And that's what you see in a lot of our heels.、Okay. So、a lot of our heels are made with that. So then they take that block、mm -hmm. and take it home, and then they can attach、gotcha. the weaving. And、yeah. then the heel part, that part is not leather. That is also attached at the facility.、Okay. That. Along with the laser cutting. Gotcha, gotcha. 
So how have you been able to help this? Because it is, you just work with this one home for girls, for women? Uh, yes. So we give back to Casa Camami. So 10% of every shoe sold, we give back right. to them. That's so cool. And then what has been the effects for them? Like, have they had noticeable effects on, you know, how they're running that house? Yeah, absolutely. They are able to take karate lessons, which oh, I was yeah. very excited about. I think it's so fun as women, and I know you would appreciate it, just being able to get out there, work out, and also feel like you're physically strong, because when you're physically strong, you feel mentally strong. Totally. Yeah, totally. I think it goes hand in hand. So we were able to sponsor their karate lessons, which made me really happy. And then we have one shoe that's called Pinata Party, and I'm like real big on birthdays. Yeah. (laughs) The whole month shuts down just for my birthday. That's so funny. That's, oh, you and my husband have that in common. (laughs) I've always been like that. My whole family, my husband, everybody rolls their eyes and I'm like, it's my birthday. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just love it in everyone's faces. And so when I was talking to the director of Casa Comami, I said, where do you guys like, where are you super short on funds? And she said, birthdays, you know, like we have to use the money for necessities, medical, schooling, karate lessons, things like that. Like, you know, meeting with therapists, doctors, Mm -hmm. she's like, so that comes last. So I'm like, well, what if we designed a shoe that the funds just go to their birthdays? And so they can use it for presents, for cakes, whatever, you know, they want. And so we, we designed the pinata party and I was super excited to bring a little birthday joy. That's so cool. Well, that's super fun. Well, just anything I'm sure just to feel special and loved and that's so cool. So what what was kind of the, what is the most, what was most important to you starting out? Like when you're starting it, like what was kind of your driving force when you were getting this started? Definitely the girls. I mean, just being able to work with a nonprofit that my family runs, I can trust it. And I know- That sounds awful, but unfortunately, there's so many horror stories where people are donating and you don't know exactly where the money is going. Yeah. So having my aunt and uncle, the transparency, and I know they devote their life to this cause. They're going to be 14 years now since running the home. And I mean, they have put everything on the line for this home along with the staff that works there. So I'm like, I want to be a part of that. I want to reconnect with my roots. I was a really proud business owner with HKD and it was super fun creative outlet but I felt like I just wasn't giving back enough it was just more focused on me sure. and how I could grow and making my clients feel good but I wanted something where nobody had to do anything in return I just wanted to give yeah directly yeah you know? yeah yeah for sure that was definitely a big driver yeah I love that I mean well, I think it's I think that just makes you even more passionate about the other aspects of your business because you have that, you know, that deep purpose that kind of keeps you. Yeah, I love that. So you mentioned you have, you have two kids. And so how is that? I mean, I feel like it's a dumb question to even ask, like, how has that changed things? Because it changes everything. <laughs> but how has it kind of shifted how you run your business? Like, how have you had to adjust? How is that for you, that transition from being not just business owner, but now business owner and mom? Yeah, that's a great question. So when I first had Jack and I was still running HKD, the custom clothing line, and Yes to Feet uh, was starting, I decided to close down my showroom for HKD and I was terrified because I had had that showroom for five years and people knew they could come there, get fitted, get their clothing. And when I closed down, it was actually a blessing in disguise because then I started having these events and people started ordering more. 
So what I was most scared about was actually stopping me and hindering me. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I have to have a showroom to give me credibility. But when you're forced in these situations where you have to be practical, it actually opens your eyes a lot. And it's kind of like what we were talking about er- earlier, being in this quarantine with everything going on right now, I'm having to open my eyes mm-hmm. online and what that can bring. So sometimes those are blessings in disguise. Holy. And it taught me so much about the kind of business I wanted to run. I wanted very low overhead. And so that's been a top priority because my kids are young. I'm mainly a, st- you know, I always have my mom first and then my business, which is my other child <laughs> is second. And so I got to wake up, take care of these kiddos And then, you know, I address what's going on with my businesses. So working from home is the platform that I need. Yeah. Yeah. And you make it work for you. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, I love all kinds of working moms, everything. It's just what works for you. you. Yeah. I would love to have somebody, you know, come to the house and maybe watch the kiddos while Mm -hmm. I work. Sure. Right now we're like literally on stand. So you don't want anyone in your house. Yes. Yes. Unfortunately. Right. And so it's chaos. I mean, I'm, if I could turn the camera, you would see shoes, <laughs> you would see, you know, bird claws. You just see my house is just flooded. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. That's what happens though. It's like, I was just said that like not too long ago, like, why do we even bother picking up all this crap off the floor? Like it's back on the floor, like five minutes later. It's just the reality. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you, you said that your husband kind of started out helping you when you first got started. Does he still help? Was he like a part of your business? Yeah. He's actually my business partner. <laughs> awesome. So is that what y'all do full time together? So he actually has his own company and he builds custom homes and okay. Horseshoe Bay. Okay. And so that's his business. But what he does for Yes to Feed is he actually handles all my online orders and he handles the website and he also sends out all our wholesale accounts. So we work with retailers Mm -hmm. and so he's restocking them constantly while I'm working on design. I'm at the pop ups. Yeah, you're the creative mind. He's like the techie mind. That's perfect combo. (laughs) Perfect. So we don't clash because we just divide and conquer. Yes. Like work working with your husband and I'm like, we don't do the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, that's how it works. Yeah. That's how me and my husband are the same. You gotta have your own role and then you just it just works. Exactly. (laughs) That's great. So then what is kind of your vision? Where do you see Fiesta Feet going? Like what direction are you heading? Yeah, so I actually would love Yes to Feet to continue to grow and working with other small business owners like like myself. I love, love, love working with new boutiques and promoting them on our social media when they pick up the line, get them customers there. And it's just really fun to see Yes to Feet in other cities. Like we recently got an account in Nashville and it just gets me really excited. Awesome, to how cool. Thank you. Yeah. It gets me excited to think like, what we could do introducing this, you know, Mexican traditional shoe that's kind of innovative and different steps, yeah. whether it's a heel or a boot or a tenny, but it's all hand woven the same way. And it's been done this way for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. I would just love to spread that culture to other states and yeah. cities. Yeah. And I think the best way to do that is with other small business owners so they can grow with us. And essentially we all join the cause of helping us yeah. company. Yeah, I love that. That's so exciting going nationwide. How cool. So where, how do you kind of stay 
what keeps you grounded? Like what keeps you from losing your mind from wearing so many hats and like chasing kids around? Like what is your, what do you do that makes you feel like you, like your best self? What do you do for you? This is perfect timing to ask that because (laughs) the last, like the first week of this quarantine where we were all staying home, honestly, like I went to the grocery store or we, we ordered curbside actually. But I ordered like all the stuff I never get, like chocolate chips and crackers and pizzas and all this gross food that's delicious. Yeah. And we ate that like the first week, just like animals. Yeah. Like yeah. we've never seen it before. We're going crazy. And I felt awful. Like yeah. when Saturday hit, I was like, I don't feel like myself. I right. Feel like yes. making me angry. Yeah. <laughs> and so I hit the reset button. Sunday and you know today is barely Tuesday so it's been like two or three days but I already feel like a whole new person just eating healthy for yeah. me is really important yeah of course you know you can make some cookies or sure. a banana bread and stuff like that and sure. you still feel like you're splurging yes but yeah just trying to not eat like a slob three yeah. days <laughs> I know it's super it's, important. yes no and I keep seeing that and it's so funny because we did the same thing it like got all these like random snacks and it's like you ran out of quarantine snacks in like the first two days like what are we doing with our lives it's so true I'm like it's for the kids and like, right, right. In my mouth and cereal. I'm like, I never eat right, this. So right. That, I mean, what I put in my body is number one. And I really am excited about all these companies like Imbalance going virtual. Yeah. I want to do my classes, even if it's just 30 minutes a night yeah. of or yoga or whatever I can do. I feel like that makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, totally. Just taking a little bit of time for you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what is keeping you inspired now? What is your inspiration? So right now, I'm definitely inspired, you know, to leave something for my kids to be proud of and to say, okay, mommy was able to run a business and help other people while raising us. And I, I'm just really inspired to show my kids that we can do it all. And yeah. I think as women, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. And sometimes we're, we're very judgmental on ourselves. So lately, I've been practicing self-love. And the way I, I named my daughter uh, Mila Grace. And I tell my husband, Grace just means so much to me. Because like treating ourselves with grace. Yes. Treating ourselves with love. For sure. Especially after having kids. Sometimes you look at yourself and you're like, what happened? My body is that. <laughs> And now when I look at myself, I'm like, I'm going to talk to myself like I want my daughter to talk to herself. Like, I would want to talk to my daughter. And so I'm like, I'm strong. I'm beautiful. I got this. And I just, I've been practicing a lot of self-love. And that's really inspiring because right now it's a scary time with Fiesta being rescheduled and postponed. We have all this inventory Mm -hmm. stacked high because we are ready. Every year we sell out. And this year we were prepared. We had events. We had TV segments booked. And everything had to hit pause. Yeah. And instead of having that self-talk of doubt or fear, mm-hmm. I'm practicing that self-talk of love and inspiration and saying, we got this. It's yeah. okay. And let's yeah. just come together as a community. Yeah. And, you know, what you're doing, being able to highlight different small business owners, it, that means the world. Yeah. Building each other up. For sure. Yeah. And then where does that come from for you? So for, you know, I know if there's any business owners that are listening and people that are kind of in that mindset where it's like, we're literally, we did hit, like the world hit pause. Like we don't know how long this is going to be, how long it's going to be before we get back. So 
where does that come from? Like, what would you say to other business owners or just people in that headspace now? Where, where do you get that positivity and that mindset? I think a lot of it is being able to be open with my audience. I recently, you know, at the beginning when I first launched Festify, I struggled to post about myself mm -hmm. or talk too much about who's behind the brand. Yes. I and did I the same thing. <laughs> no, yeah, I, it was like a scary, yeah. I was like, I don't know, my face. And right, my right, right. <laughs> but I started posting my kids and I started being honest. And I started saying, hey, you know, this is what's happening. And I saw just the feedback and people supporting me and giving me ideas. I get messages like, hey, what if you do a virtual pop-up shop with other business owners? Yeah. Hey, could you do a video trying on this pair? I want to buy it online. I usually don't shop online, but I know I'm going to try to make the effort this time. So that's what keeps me going is talking to my audience, talking to our customers that know us, and just being honest and transparent and saying, hey, guys, we're going to try this out. It might not be the way that we you know, we envision it, but right. if not, we'll keep trying until yeah. we get it right. Right. We're able to work through this together. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the cool thing. Like we were talking about earlier, kind of like the good that comes out of situations like this. Cause I, I do love seeing that now so many different businesses and people just coming together to try to support each other. Cause we're all like, it sucks for everybody. Like everybody exactly. is struggling. So it's, you know, we got to back each other up. So I want to end with one question I like to ask everybody. Okay. So what do you think is the most important thing you can do or the most important change you can make to live with purpose? Okay. Hmm. The most important thing you can do. So I think the most important thing that we can do to live with purpose is to be present. I have caught myself and my Apple phone has called me out texting me my screen time. And so I, think, <laughs> I think to really live in purpose is to be present. And this is something that you can do every day. And I'm so guilty of it. You know, sometimes I have my daughter practicing tummy time. My son is sitting there playing with a toy and I'm on my phone. Right. I mean, I can't say every time I'm on my phone, I'm working because sometimes I'm just scrolling through social right, media right. and I'm totally guilty of that. And I am making it, you know, a purpose and I'm intentionally every day saying, I don't need my phone. I don't want my kids to turn and look at me and say, oh, that must be a really cool gadget. She has her right. phone everywhere. Yes. I want to live on purpose. I want to be present and I want them to grow up seeing that so that they do the same thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And of course, Sometimes, I mean, we need some screen time. I'm not saying don't play hello for your kid or baby shark because we got that all day. <laughs> but you got to take those moments and yeah. be present. Or when you're visiting your parents or when you're talking to a sibling, just be present, put the phone away, or do something like this, a virtual hangout where you get to see your friend face-to-face -face and just say, how are you doing? Yeah. yeah. I love that's great advice. I think we could all use a little bit more of that. And I'm, I'm hoping that that's another thing this teaches people, right? Having to be at home, like, and wow. can't literally can't go anywhere. The, the <laughs> being present. Yeah. I love that. That's great. <laughs> Thank you so much, Susie, Aww. for sharing your story. And I know everybody's going to go check out Fiesta Feet. And I, I'm really excited for you to see where it goes next. I think that's really exciting that you're just getting out there across the country. Love that. Thank you. I'm excited too. And it's such a fun stage that we're in. And I always have looked up to you. I think you're you are an amazing business owner. I remember 
going to the yoga studio before you bought it and yeah. it yours. And I remember taking a class with you and then coming back and you were like transitioning to owning it. Uh-huh. And I was just so impressed with you. My mom and I always talk about how awesome you are. You're so and sweet. I love all your franchise owners. Obviously, Thank Monica you. and I are Thank super close. You. I think she's such a sweetheart. She is. And everybody I've met has just been so inspired through you. So it's, you. it's an honor to do this with thank you. Thank you. You're very sweet. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Hopeful and Wholesome, y'all. If you found value in this week's episode, please subscribe on iTunes wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review to let me know what you thought. I'd love to know what you find useful in these episodes so I know how I can provide the most value I can to my listeners. And if you have topics that you want to know more about, I'd love to hear those as well. So shoot me a message on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. It's at the Hope Pedraza or visit my website, hopefulandwholesome.com. Thanks, y'all.